Okay, that's that. I'll pay fair. above. I'll pay above market for a quarterback or a wide receiver, or in sometimes a freaking tight end from Atlanta. But I will you, never overpay for a running back. Will you? Will you overpay in season to win it all, though? Like, would no. you have overpaid for Christian McCaffrey in a to, to win the ship? Yeah, maybe, but 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 that right. but what? Right. Yeah, I don't. You just honestly, gotta be put in a unique situation. Heat Seekers, welcome back. We got a great one for you this week. We are going to be talking early off-season buys. We tried to dig in, make sure we didn't get all of the obvious guys. But we're going to start off at quarterback again, and we're going to start with Aaron Rodgers, New York Jets. He was an off-season buy last year. Everybody was excited for him going to New York. That lasted about 30 seconds, and then a bunch of drama over time. And here we are. He should be. People thought he may play. I thought that if he was capable of playing last year that he would just because of his how arrogant he is. But he didn't make it back. So he should be good to go by the time we get to uh, preseason and into the season next year. And it's going to be different seeing him in New York for longer than 30 seconds. But Bryce, what are you excited about Aaron Rodgers, New York and 2024? Um, I'm excited just based on the weapons that he has. Um, I know, you know, he spent most of his career with a, one of the best receivers in the league, pretty much his entire time in there with, with Devontae Adams. But, you know, he goes in there and plays with Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall. They probably could sure up the offensive line this, this off season. Um, but just those two weapons alone and how well those two players around him have produced without him. Um, I'm excited. Uh, He's got Alan Lazard, a familiar face there as well. I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets also get another maybe receiver or tight end or something, you know, another skill position player to help him out and give him another another weapon. But Aaron Rodgers, I think, is is a really good buy now, especially if you're trying to contend. Obviously, he's uh, older for quarterbacks, probably the oldest starting quarterback now in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so it's not a guy you want want to buy in a rebuild, but you know if you're trying to make the playoffs next year or, or win the league, I think Aaron Rodgers is a guy that you can buy and and get him for relatively cheap just based on his age. Uh, Solly, do you think like out of it's hard to say that his weapons, I guess, have, have ever been this good, but you know at, because they probably haven't. But do you think they're very similar to like prime Aaron Rodgers' weapons? I know he's not prime anymore, but I would say the the weapon the weapons that he has is 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 Every bit of ninety percent is good. Well, I think the natural comparison is Devonte Adams, Garrett Wilson, right? So he's got an elite wide receiver again. Uh, I don't think he's ever had a running back like Brees Hall, so that's a huge benefit. But I think that's where the talent drops off a cliff for New York, and I think that's where they really need to look. Like the biggest need they have is offensive line. They're almost certainly addressing that in the first round. That's a huge step for them, and then free agency wise. They got to get better than Alan Lazard. Like I, I just don't like. I get being loyal to your buddies, but like Randall Cobb, <clears throat> excuse me, Randall Cobb's not coming back. Like guys like that. Like he brought the band over, and then the band broke up when he got hurt. But nonetheless, like I think the thing that makes me, and I say this with a hard to say this, the thing I like about Aaron Rodgers is pissed off. Aaron Rodgers is somebody I want on my fantasy roster every day of the week like he is an egomaniac he's easy to not like but when he wants something he goes and gets it like when they drafted jordan love he was pissed off and he banged off an mvp season after being the mvp and i don't think he has mvp upside but he has legitimate for 
this year and probably next year, top 10 to 12 upside at this position fantasy-wise. And I don't think he's being valued there. I think people look at his age and look at what's going on, and they'll probably move off of him. Like, it won't be hard to acquire Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, so on that note, why don't we talk a little bit about what we're willing to give up for Aaron Rodgers? What is Aaron Rodgers worth? What should people be paying? Are there any, you know, and a specific pick range that you're willing to move for Aaron Rodgers? I'm assuming that if you're if you're acquiring Aaron Rodgers, you were probably in the middle of the round to late in the round because you're probably competing and and right there getting ready to turn it around. So uh is is giving up a second round mid second to late second are you going to do that cuz you're not going to have to give up a late first right to to get 40 year old Aaron Rodgers yeah i don't think either. so i might though it depends well, right like if i well, Rick, if Aaron Rodgers trade we made a trade for Aaron Rodgers, Rick, and I'm middle late first round. And uh, but you're in a com- obvious but that was last where... year. We're, we're this is a completely different right, right. But I mean, now. right, but the the kind of because we knew he wasn't going to play. He was out for the year, so I didn't I didn't buy. I bought him for this upcoming season. So I mean the the price really isn't changing too much. I would imagine. No, his value is going down consistently as we go. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's part of the reason why you're buying him, right? He just gets older every right day that we, that we move on. I bought him at the end of our, probably right at our trade deadline. I mean, it was it was the rest of my picks because you, you basically – I think you have my entire first round <laughs> or my entire draft. Yeah, but I don't think you had the first rounder at that point because we had no, already I made didn't. The, it was Stephon. Third, and... it, was, it was my third, fourth, and fifth. I gave you all the rest of my picks just for Aaron Rodgers. And, uh, you know, it, and it isn't, I wouldn't say it's a, it's not a bad trade for you because by the time your team is ready to compete again, Aaron Rodgers might be gone out of the league. So, I mean, I think it's a win-win for both of us, but, um, I think a late second, like you kind of mentioned, um, especially if you're a team that maybe that's your, your last position, like, like the QB two situation is, or your second quarterback is your problem. I would feel more than comfortable giving up a, a late second round pick for a guy I'd feel very confident in starting the entire season, except his bye week. I don't think a late second gets it right. Like, and I'm assuming we're talking super flex, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I wouldn't, if I had Aaron Rodgers on my roster, I wouldn't move him for a late second now because of what I think he's going to do. I think I'm going to get more value for him in season than I am now getting a late second. So on the flip side of that, if I'm an Aaron Rodgers or I'm a solid QB two away, I'll easily give you a, an early second or a mid second and maybe even a late first because I want to win. But every team is obviously in a different situation. But in a vacuum, I think a fair value is probably right around that turn in a rookie draft. I think probably the first couple of picks into a second is probably where he should be valued. They're probably I'm, getting two years out of him. I'm so far off of paying that price. So uh, I, I liked seeing him on this list, but if, if it's going to cost a late first, early seconds and in 2024 then i want no part of it i'll take those i'll take those uh 2024 picks instead um but if it's a 2025 then i can get on board with with that but um, what are you what are you seeing at the like a couple of different players like you're seeing at the in the late first that would move you off of aaron Rodgers as a contender yeah, there's a there's a multitude of different different wide receivers. There's a bunch of players in there. I think, you know, uh as we were talking about quarterbacks, I think there's going to be up to maybe six quarterbacks in the first round of Superflex draft. So that's going to push yeah. 
you know, both of your, your tight ends, Sanders and Bowers are going to get pushed a little further than they should. Um, you're going to have the, the big name receivers going uh, ahead. So your neighbors, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. And Roma Dunes. Um, then you've got guys I'm high on Keon Coleman. I know not everybody is, um, but then you got the Xavier Worthies, Troy Franklin, um, Adana Mitchell, uh, Roman Wilson. You just got a bunch of names there that could be in that. We don't know yet. We're going to have to see combine all that, which luckily isn't too far away. Um, Mm -hmm. But there's just a lot of really, really good talent that I would rather have, even if I'm going for a ship, than Aaron Rodgers, who I don't know whether I've got one, two, maybe he plays four more. Who the heck knows? Uh, You never know with that guy. But you're going to be guessing every offseason as well. Like when is the end? Um, and, and so I think there's other veterans that we could go look at. That'll be less. I think Matt Stafford, you know, he was somebody that almost made this list today, um, which I'm sure we'll talk about later on, but I'm sure you can get him for cheaper. And I actually like him more as a fantasy asset next year than, than Aaron Rodgers anyway. So I, that's where I would lean that way. I would go, I would, I would go with, uh with those players, but that could change as well. We could find out some of these guys just don't test well, drop out. We're going to have guys drop out when the draft actually comes. We're going to have guys that are projected for first round that end up going in the fourth round. And and we see it every year. So that's going to be real fluid, but I just, I get it. It's Aaron Rodgers. It's name recognition. His numbers fantasy wise weren't even great for the past few years that he was starting. They were, they were good. They were above average, but the, it wasn't, they weren't, they weren't great as last year in green Bay, but they were pretty good the year before. Um, but he doesn't run. He's getting older. He just had that, that injury. There's a lot of question marks around Rodgers too. Uh, so, I did. I looked at this list. I liked him. I do like him. If you can get him in the mid second, if, if not, if, if people are just going off the name recognition, um, then, then I would look at somebody like Stafford or, you know, even, um, I almost put Ryan Tannehill on this list in case he is the guy that gets a job somewhere just cause he's so cheap. Even if he doesn't, whatever you lose, isn't going to break the bank. So, um, I think I just think there's a there's a lot of options out there that we can get in that range, and most of them are younger and probably have more rushing ability to score some more fantasy points than Rodgers is going to score anyway. So that's valid. Um, don't hate him, but I'm just oh, I hate him. I I love well, I mean personally, I would. There's few there's few people I hate. He's on that list. Um, is what it is. But uh, but yeah, so it's it's. Like, I think he's good. I think he is a good, but I think he might be more of a, like on a winning team in, in super flex, maybe more of a quarterback three next year um, hmm. on, on hmm. winning squads. I just don't know that you're going to go in. Like if you have, um, let's see. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he throws for 40 touchdowns next year. Hey, my winning squad had Jordan, Jordan love and, uh, Joe Flacco. So who knows? Oh yeah, I think I think quarterback gets overvalued a lot too. I just think huge most, especially on especially depending on format of league and stuff you play in. And I think that you know I think we talked about this really briefly. Is maybe we should start a league where it's like half the fantasy points in a super flex league for the quarterback, and maybe that'll value them a little bit more because 
Superflex dramatically overvalues quarterbacks to me, and one QB dramatically undervalues quarterbacks to me. Like there needs to be some something in the middle to to make you want to, you know, target to either buy or sell these guys because either format or way you play fantasy, they're hard guys to move because you can't get anything for them in a one QB, so you might as well keep them. And in a superflex, everybody wants a pile, right? So it's challenging. But I, I just think that Rogers is. We know what he is, and I've always been the type of fantasy manager that prefers I know what it is versus I don't know what it is. And I like rookies. I like the shot of getting, you know, these late round wide receivers, especially this year, even early second round wide receivers this year. But man, like the hit rate's not what people think it is. And and if I truly feel like I'm a contender, this is where the fantasy manager has to be honest with themselves. I'm only doing this if I think Aaron Rodgers puts me over the top. Right. And you're, you're usually not buying Aaron Rodgers for an early second because unless you traded for that pick, you're probably not in a situation to compete if you're owning one of the first four picks or something in the, in the that's first That's another excellent – that's an excellent point. Usually you're not – you know, the people buying them are going to be the mid to late. Six, I guess you know, picks. for me, I don't think we know. I don't think we know. We're talking about a guy that's, that's past 40 – that just came off of a major leg injury. And no matter what we hear about how quick he is recovering, just with regular 40 plus year old players, we have no idea where they're going to go. And, you know, I know we just seen Tom Brady and we've seen Tom Brady do it at a very high level until the very end, but that's not the norm. And, and maybe Rogers does follow that path. I just think there's more question marks than, then we admit with Aaron Rodgers because he's Aaron Rodgers. But we also did go 10 straight years saying Tom Brady's probably done and and he wasn't done. So uh, same thing with Larry Fitzgerald, right? Some guys just go way longer <laughs> than you think they're going to go. Um, I swear, so I another- swear for 10 years I said, no, nah, Larry Fitzgerald's too old. I don't want him. <laughs> and every year I was like, what the? Right? This guy just keeps going. So, yeah. so I guess my question now is Kirk Cousins, okay? Yeah. Another veteran, another veteran coming off of injury, but he's he's not as old. And we have the question of, is he going to stay in Minnesota or is he going to move on? We've talked about him quite a bit this offseason already, just mm-hmm. because how big of a piece of this whole free agent puzzle he's going to be. I think at the quarterback position, he probably is the number one quarterback available in free agency. If he makes it there, if Minnesota doesn't keep him, So when you compare, just, just comparing Rogers to Kirk cousins, I'm going to assume you're going to pay a higher price for Kirk, right? You should, I believe. Yes. Probably a little bit. Yeah. Uh, uh, Of depending upon what happens to him. Right. But I think even as it is right now, realistically you should pay more for Kirk cousin than Aaron Rodgers, just based on perceived duration of career. Right. So um, yeah, I would. And they're really pretty similar right now. If we're being honest, like their last couple seasons, Kirk cousins doesn't run a lot. Rogers probably not running at all. anymore. Um, right. Well, neither one of them. Then, right. Right. So that's what I'm saying. And then yeah. it's just, it's going to come down to who throws for more yards and touchdowns. Yeah. That's basically what it's going to be. And it, it, I feel yeah, just as comfortable that Kirk cousins does it right now, even if he moves on. Cause if he moves on, it's going to be to a team that is planning on contending. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. uh, you know, I don't, I don't know any, like 
for example, would what if the Bucks re-signed Mike Evans and then brought Kirk Cousins down to Tampa Bay? Um, I think he's still going to throw for a shit ton of yards and touchdowns for Tampa Bay. Now, I don't know if that's going to come true. Saints, if he goes to the Saints, they're going to be looking for, they might look for a quarterback upgrade. They have a lot of money stuff to figure out, but um, it's also the football and they seem to figure out how to make stuff happen. I just saw a thing, uh, uh, speaking of the cap, uh, Tampa Bay could save $7 million just by signing Mike Evans to a long-term deal. You know, it's kind of like when Tom Brady did that deal in Tampa or it might have been in New England where he got paid more, but it saved them money on the um, uh, on the, the cap. Um, so there's just all kinds of different things that can happen. But I just wanted to see just those two compared. So what are you, what are you thinking for Kirk, uh, Sully? Do you do you anticipate him being back in Minnesota or do you think that he is going to be moving on? I'm all over the map. I flip-flop all the time, and it's basically because I have no clue. And I just hear and see and read things. Right now, it looks like no. It looks like the organization's focused on Justin Jefferson and getting him locked up. And there's only so much cash to go around. There's some holes on our team, clearly. Um, It's reported Cousins wants two years, 45 per, fully guaranteed. Good for him. Side note, no one has played free agency better in the history of the NFL than Kirk Cousins. Um, Very intelligent man. And, and solid agent as well. So he's going somewhere. And, and honestly, you know, you talked about the Saints and the Bucks. I honestly could probably sit here and make a reason why I think there's 32 teams that Kirk Cousins could go to. And I'd want him on every roster. Because wherever he's going to go, he's going to throw the football a ton. He's incredibly accurate. He's an absolute gamer. Like he's going to do whatever he can to produce for that organization. I, I think he moves on. Uh, you know, selfishly, I'd love to see him go to Atlanta. I think that that would just be a fantasy gold mine if he went there and, and elevated Pitts in London and, and uh, Bijan and anyone else in that offense. So if I'm, if I'm QB hunting and both cousins and Rogers are available, I'm going to, I'm going to throw, throw a dart and plant my flag on Kirk cousins knowing that I'm going to have to pay a little bit more. And maybe this is where a later first round pick or, or a higher second round pick makes a little bit more sense. But I, I just think her cousins is, is different than a lot of non-mobile quarterbacks. Yeah. I, I mean, <clears throat> I value him and Rogers pretty, pretty darn close. Um, but Kirk finds himself in a spot where he's going to land somewhere to where even if the team's not contending, he can make them a contender like the Falcons, like the Saints, um, back with back with the Vikings. So he's going to be able to be in a situation where he's surrounded by weapons. And Rodgers is as well. He's just maybe lacking one more. So, yeah, I, I mean, I like both of these quarterbacks a lot. If I was maybe more of like a middle-of-the-pack team, like if I was like, like pick five or six, a fringe playoff team, I would definitely be more inclined to buy Kirk Cousins because then you got yeah. maybe a couple of years to make that. To where if I was like a if I was a late team and you know I had I had only a late second round pick and I really didn't want to give up much more, then I would settle for Rodgers. I think you can't go wrong either way. Just super dependent on what your goal is for the the next season or the season after that as well. One's definitely more short term than it than the other, but both nonetheless are probably still relatively short term when you're talking about the quarterback position. And if you saw Cousins at the NFL Awards show, it looks like his rehab's coming. Dude, that was coming. amazing. 
because he's, he's got did some a slick whole moves. dance routine. He's that got some so slick funny. moves going on right now. Super yeah, I would, guy. I would just bet that. Let's just say that Rodgers plays the next two seasons. I would say yeah. Kirk Cousins outscores him both seasons, and hmm. but it wouldn't surprise you the other way around, would it? I don't know. I just think Kirk Cousins is gonna. He's gonna throw. He's just. Hmm. Just I, I don't know. That's, you I, you I think I'm the, I'm actually gonna look to to figure Brees, this. Brees out is gonna. I think Brees Hall's running ability will play a bigger factor into uh, how much Rogers throws than people do think. I will. I'll agree on that part that I think could hurt Rogers' numbers. But you know, I think it's good. It's still good for every the, the team all around. I mean, everybody's touchdown upside goes up right when Rogers plays. Well, you know. You know Rodgers isn't going to throw any interceptions, or he's going to throw minimal interceptions because right. he'll take the sack before he throws the pick. Um, you can dump off to Brees for sure. Um, I think Izzy is a pretty decent secondary option for the Jets that we'll see take a pretty good leap in terms of volume and targets. And, and like he's a pretty well-rounded back. He's not anything that we should be screaming to go get, but he's a compliment in that offense. I think there's some hidden gems in that offense too. I think Conklin. With with Rogers could be a lot better. Jeremy Rucker could be a heck of a lot better. Um, but they got to address the O line. Like if they don't address the offensive line, I'm out on Aaron Rodgers. So because um, the offensive line wasn't very good to start with, and we could just naturally assume that both of these guys aren't going to be as mobile coming off of what they're coming off of as they were before. So Kirk Cousins, I like. In honestly, I like him in a lesser quality of a team for lack of a better term, because I want, I want the volume that I get right now with Kirk Cousins. I don't want him to necessarily go to Pittsburgh where I think they're going to run the ball almost as much as they throw the ball. You mean Arthur Smith is going to run the ball? Well, I think Arthur Smith will run (laughs) the ball, but, but I think Arthur Smith will also throw the ball, just not as much as say they will in Atlanta or they would in, a team that's chasing a little bit more, right? So right. Um, certainly not as much as Minnesota or one of those higher volume offenses. But Rick, you got what you're looking for? Yeah, the last time Aaron Rodgers was on the, the field for a full season, he averaged less than 15 fantasy points. Um, yeah, I think yeah, his last year at the Packers was terrible. Do up. His last year at the Packers was pretty terrible. Yeah, and I don't know. You know, obviously he has Garrett Wilson. Um, but I just don't know. We're talking again, we're talking about a guy that's on the wrong side of 40, um, coming off of a major injury. I don't know why we anticipate that to go up a lot. Meanwhile, Kirk cousins for three years in a row is basically averaged 20 plus. Um, obviously before that 15 point season, Aaron Rodgers was 20, 25 back in 2021 or 2020, 2020. Um, so, he was banged up in that last season too, right? That's the year he played with his thumb injury. Uh, I don't remember yeah. what happened two years ago. I don't two remember rookie, what happened. Two rookie receivers ago. were his best um, options. I don't too. remember. Um, but I mean, Watson had a huge end of that season. I remember. Um, but I just it's it's hard. You're talking about a guy. How how exactly old is he right now? Aaron Rodgers. I think he's forty. Cousins is thirty five. So I think. Yep. Yeah. So you have five years. Uh, Rogers is going to be 41 playing this season, um, the end of the season. I just, I, I think Kirk Cousins is somebody that I want much more. I think you're going to get another probably two extra years out of him than you do out of uh, Rogers, and he might outscore him for 
for all the, the two seasons or whatever they play together, you know, at, at the same time. Um, I have one roster with Aaron Rodgers on it, and I would like to sell him because of, of what I think I can get. Um, and then I have another roster that's in a complete dumpster fire rebuild where when Cousins got hurt, I traded my 25 uh, first for him. So I, I can make an argument either way here, but I think that both of these guys give you the upside to be rock, rock solid QB2s and Superflex, um, and in some cases could be your QB1. So. I think they're both worth acquiring, but I agree. I would, I would put Cousins ahead of Rod- like if I'm ranking them today, I'm absolutely ranking Cousins ahead of Aaron Rodgers, based on again perceived duration of career. Okay, so now let's move from somebody that played for Sully's favorite team and move over to the Patriots running back Ramondre Stevenson. Obviously, we were really high on him going into the 2022 season, and that looked really good. Then 2023 came and Ramondre kind of, I mean, the whole offense just shit the bed, but you know, Zeke didn't help. He hurt more than, you know, at least I thought he was going to hurt, but is Ramondre going to bounce back? Bryce is 2024 going to be more like 2022 or more like 2023 for Ramondre because I like him a lot. I want to buy him. But I don't know. It's the Patriots, and I don't. I haven't trusted their offense in a while. Yeah, but it's a new. It's a new era, right? I mean, there's no Bill Belichick there. Um, this is, you know, he's he doesn't have a say in who they draft. So it's got to get better, right? It can't get worse. Um, the, the quarterback position is going to get addressed. The wide receiver position is going to get addressed. Gerard Mayo's already made that very clear. Um, I don't know how they do it. I mean, they're 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 a team that can get any of these free agent. Um, quarterbacks they could be one of the teams that trade for fields they could just sit there and draft like there's just so many possibilities but nonetheless their offense has got to get better talent on that team they just got to execute it I mean how often do we see a running back on a team uh, you know produce well when the entire offense is is this bad it's very 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 rare right I mean they have to be an absolute PPR monster um, and when you don't have to worry about any of the wide receivers or the passing game, and all you got to do is focus on the only good player on their offense, which was Ramondre this last season, of course he wasn't going to have a good year. And I don't think it was his fault. But new offensive quarter- coordinator Van Pelt did say running the football wins you games and wins you championships in this league. So that makes it seem like Ramondre is going to be a big part of this offense moving forward. Zeke's a free agent, so who knows if he'll be back. Um, so that's that's good news for him. Uh, I'm looking to buy him as well. He's a guy that I, I have a decent amount of shares of. I'm definitely looking to get more. Um, hoping people haven't really been paying attention too much of the Patriots offseason as I have. So I look forward to him and this upcoming this upcoming season for sure. Building around, especially if it's a young quarterback they acquire, the run game has to be something that is established to take pressure off that guy's shoulders. So I, I like Ramondre going into 2020. For for sure, Sully. What what do you think? Do you, do you like Ramondre? Or are you avoiding him like the plague? I like him. I was cautious about him entering last season. It turns out I was right, but my process was incredibly wrong. So I thought that their offense in New England would get way better, and <laughs> he wouldn't get the the Mac Jones. I have nothing left to do but dump off thing. Right, like eighty eight targets in twenty twenty two drove his fantasy productive productivity. Still pretty good last year with over fifty, but that that dropped off. He was also banged up last year and missed some time. 
really good running back, um, could catch the ball, can run the ball, breaks tackles, all these things. Yeah. I just, I'm just not going to be buying him. And, and it's just because I don't think that the turnaround is coming very quickly in that offense. And I think he's probably going to be a little bit too expensive for my cheap tastes. Um, that doesn't mean he's not a, an incredibly talented What's too expensive? player. Like I would be late second on him at most. Hmm. I would I would pay an early second, especially in a shallow QB or a shallow running back draft. I think I would be willing to pay an early second round pick for. Sure, back. but there's guys out of the there's guys out of last year's class that I might that I think have a, a better opportunity of taking a step that I'd probably target that I think I can get cheaper. And there's like I'm not limited to just this rookie class to replace that position on my fantasy roster. If I was, then I'm with you. I would be going a little bit more aggressively for him. I just think that a lot of things fell into place for Ramadre in 2022. Everybody else in that backfield got hurt. Um, they had an offense that could do nothing but t- check down. So if we think the offense is going to get better, I think he becomes more of a complementary piece than a driving piece. Still a piece I really like. Like I just I'm not going to pay a ton for him. But if I can get him for that late second, mid to late second, I will do it. Um, I'm I'm full in on Ramondre. I think that he is. I think that he's very talented. I think that most guys in his range, in his the the the, the cost range for Stevenson, he's just far more uh, talented than them. And the one thing that he's got that a lot of them don't is we know this guy can catch a just a shit ton of passes. Um, that's what we saw yep. two years ago. Um, he can be using the, 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 the running game as well. I mean, that's people were surprised about his pass catching. Nobody saw the pass catching coming two years ago. Everybody just thought he was a very efficient runner, um, with some big playability that we didn't know he had when he was, you know, when we were scouting him cause we didn't see a lot of that in college. Um, so he already proved everything that, you know, we didn't really know that he had with the, um, the breakaway ability and the pass catching. And then again, that entire offense, I don't know what they've been doing. And uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know what they were trying to do last year. It literally makes no sense um, what we saw them do. Uh, but when I look at, uh, see, I highly disagree it, it, or not highly disagree, but when you're looking at this, this rookie class of running backs, all that's going to do is make it harder to acquire anybody else, right? People aren't going to be moving the running backs because they can't just go get one in the draft like they normally do. So I think it's going to be a lot harder this offseason to acquire running backs than it normally is. So the price is probably going to be a little bit inflated, but that's probably going to be on all the guys that we're talking about, unless we get a few names that really break out at the Combine but I seriously think it's possible that we could see no running backs go in the first round of rookie drafts in Superflex, especially. Um, guarantee, I'd almost guarantee it. And and that's what's going to make it tougher to acquire running backs, just because there's there's not going to be as many to go around. Plus, we're going to have all the older ones, the Austin Ecklers, Derrick Henrys, Josh Jacobs, Joe Mixon, possibly that we don't know if they're past their you know, their, their due date or their, their expire date. Um, so I think that's going to make it a lot harder, um, to just go and and get somebody else when it comes to running back. I think we're going to see a lot more trades that are wide receiver centric. And I'm going to try to sneak in these guys into those deals as like side pieces to the deal, not the main focus. 
Um, I think that gets missed a lot when people are doing trades. Like there's sometimes where I'll be looking at a player that I want to acquire. And instead of trying to figure out how I can make a trade happen for that player, I'll try to figure out what I can build that I can add that player to, to kind of hide that. Right. It's kind of like the, it's kind of like the American government and all their laws where they, they say it's this. And then, you know, right in the middle, they put other stuff that we don't know about. And then next thing you know, we're supplying other countries that when we can't take care of ourselves. And I think the (laughs) same thing you can do with trades, right? You can kind of have your eye on. And I think some of these buys are are guys that we can really look at that way. Ramondre is probably a little bit too much name recognition and stuff to have as like that side piece, unless you're going for a really, really big play. Um, But uh, a lot of the other buys on this list, I'll kind of treat that way. You know, I'll try to get them thrown in on a deal or where I feel like maybe I'm, maybe the other person owes me like third round value, but I might try to get somebody that I'm willing to give up a second round pick for and, and, and find a way to make those deals. So get a little bit creative and and hide them in there. Because if you, a lot of times these guys aren't going to make sense just doing like a one for one deal, right? Like it's, it's, it's harder to make those speculative ads and trades, um, uh, with people when like both players have these question marks, these guys are biased because they have question marks, right? Um, they wouldn't be devalued if everything was perfect. So, um, I think that plays a big part into this offseason the, the the rookie running back class and it being as as dookie as it is. Um, but uh, but yeah, Ramondre, I just I think he's really talented. I think the pass catching that is something that is uh, you know. Very, very valuable in today's fantasy landscape. Uh, there's not a lot of guys that that uh, are valuable that don't catch any passes at all. And knowing that his ability is to catch probably, you know, 60 to 70 um, is huge for fantasy. Now, if we see another year, um, obviously, I know the Patriots changed everything, but the Bears have changed coaches and quarterbacks. 40 times in my lifetime and and it's never changed so uh you know sometimes orgs do they've had valuable running do. backs though they've had we, pretty valuable running backs throughout the your history unlike us oh yeah it's the only thing we've ever done right was you guys have had valuable running backs price you've just had five of them a year that's the problem yeah 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 fantasy right? i should say fantasy value right right um what i don't know i listened to all that Ramondre Stevenson soliloquy, Rick, and I think he's more a sell now than a buy. But um, let's say Justin Fields goes to New England. Do you buy Ramondre Stevenson more or less? More. Their offense gets better. That's more plays. Targets and go down dramatically. Touchdown upside Why? goes up dramatically, though. Justin because targets- rushing quarterbacks, rushing that's quarterbacks. Not, that's not that's – Justin, okay. I mean, All we're right. talking Just, – Justin about- had a most – Justin Fields targets the running back more than most. Roshan Johnson had like 50 targets himself this year. Okay. As a rookie he playing did. as the third. Army. Lamar? Lamar doesn't throw it to the running backs hardly at all. Most He's running like quarterbacks don't because by the time it comes to te- to dump off, they take off, right? Yes, So that's true. Um, if Fields is the anomaly that, I haven't studied him very much, so I, I will defer he to did. you he guys a, lot know a little bit backs. more. He, he, yeah, he'll throw to the running backs, no problem. But I don't know, man. I, I, I think that. Uh, this isn't a, I don't like Ramondre Stevenson. This is a, I don't trade for running backs. So maybe this is the wrong part of the show for me, but. Uh, might be the year you have to though. This might be the year why? you have to. Why? I just, 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 How are you going to get him? Where are you going to get him? What? 
Get did the, the league draft. run out of did the league run out of running backs at the end of last year? All of a sudden, the draft is the only way to replenish them. Did I miss something? Well, but we're uh, okay. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. We're playing dynasty. Okay, so yeah, dynasty. Okay, hold on. Just let me talk. If you're in a dynasty right now, yeah, do you have running backs on your waiver wire? Well, probably nothing that anybody okay. wants. No. Okay, so no. Okay, I'm on my so, roster though, right? Okay, hold on. So if they're not in, <laughs> if they're not in the draft, the rookie draft. Yeah, and they're not on the waiver wire, and you need them because they're not on your roster. How are you going to get them other than trade? You have for to them? trade, right? Yeah, and that's fine. But the reality is, is that the beauty of dynasty is that arguably half of your league isn't trying to win. Probably more than half your league isn't trying to win. So what does that have the, to do with it? Because the value of these guys is going to—I don't have to trade for them now—is my point. Yeah, if you're not trying and to win, people it, will always, people will half. always, people will always overvalue draft picks in draft season. Always. It happens every year. Okay, but right now, these running backs are undervalued to where they're going to be when people realize, oh my God, we can't, all there are late second, third round running backs in this class that probably aren't going to get a shot. There'll be so, some guys to come out of this class that are viable fantasy you're, assets. You're it's, just hard. Okay. it's just hard to and pick which ones they are. One and year one, maybe one, maybe. I, I just don't. I just don't know. I just don't see a team unless like the Bengals move on from Mixon and draft a guy. I, like I just can't imagine. There's not many teams that, especially once free agency is over, every team might have their starting running back going into the season. Where I could see a guy get drafted. I could see a not a single running back in this draft get drafted get a chance on day one in the NFL. Like I, they, they're yeah. back up. You know, already. Rick made a good point where you might not see a rookie um, running back drafted in the first 12 picks of a super flex draft. I think it's very possible. We don't see a running back drafted in the first two rounds of the actual NFL draft. So oh, absolutely. Yeah. like, I think like that's, that's going to really suppress the value of these guys. And don't get me wrong. I get it. You need running backs. Theoretically, you need running backs, but I'm, I'm just of the belief that the fantasy community as a whole dramatically overvalues the running back position. And, I'm not going to spend up for guys like this. I'm going to spend up for other positions. And I think Ramondre Stevenson, like I said, is a good running back and a nice talent. Love to have him on my roster. I'm just not going to pay more in a late second for him. I'll let you guys do that. I'm not even arguing Ramondre Stevenson anymore. I'm arguing about how I don't know how you get running backs if you can't draft them and you can't pick them up. Oh, they're all. I'll get them. I'll get them. They're always there. Or I'll beat you with my wide receivers, tight end, and quarterback. I'm not going to overspend it. But you still have to. You still have to get. We're not running. You don't have them. The, the league is not running out of running backs, and there will be running backs that I can acquire in season. There, there be I can move future draft picks. I can move so other assets. If you're waiting till in the season, you're paying premium prices on those running backs, which is worse. Sometimes than paying for you're. I mean, you're going to be paying a premium in season. You're going to pay more in season for any of the guys on our list than you're going to pay for them now. Maybe, but also I might actually get a suppressed value because more teams might realize they're not in it and want to rebuild and are more interested in acquiring I think the only, the only well, It depends on your league. Like, I need to play more of your leagues because my leagues don't go that way. <laughs> yeah. It, the only time you get running backs cheap and in season is if you buy them hurt for next year. That's the only time I ever get it. <laughs> well, that's what not, I'm saying. Like, it, 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 you got to pay a premium to, you know, and sometimes it's worth it if it puts you over the hump, right? But I can't imagine yeah. you know, starting – off Never the rails starting running back less than what they were. Sully hates running backs. I have always hated running backs, and I have so no I. problem saying that. 
You watch right. me. You watch me win a league with freaking. Yeah, which makes this the most like asinine that. bullshit co conversation ever. That's not you true. won with you won with Dorman and and freaking bartenders at your running back position. Like, yeah, you know why? Because I bought them this time of the year that year, and then they, those two guys did well enough to to get me there. You, you just you gotta. You buy guys can have Ramondre. That, well, that's it's not even just Ramondre. It's just it is though. It's it's a value no. it's a value perception position, right? Like. I don't feel like I want Who's to spend that. Like clearly, I I value quarterback higher. If I'm going to pay a late first, early second for an Aaron Rodgers or a Kirk Cousins, I as a fantasy manager have more of a affinity and a value for that position than I do a mid RB two, and I'm just not going to spend that on that. That's all. My again, I wasn't even arguing the player or the pick. It was the fact that you said that you don't trade for him. And you can't get him off the waiver, so and you can't get him off the the rookie draft, so you're just not going to improve your running back this offseason in any league. Um, it depends on obviously the leagues that I'm in, but I'm not going to go out of my way to target running backs, um, especially if I'm rebuilding. I don't care; I'll do that later. Well, yeah. And number two, if I'm a contender, I probably already have a decent team anyway, and this draft doesn't mean much to me at, at the running back position anyway. So it's more depth adds for me and that i will do with guys that i think we're going to talk about coming up more so than this so again not to make this all about Ramondre, and if he's watching i apologize i do like you um but I i'm just not ass. he would absolutely <laughs> the, <laughs> the list of people that could whip my, now, sh no one cares about your shit price the, the list of people that could kick my ass is a way too long for the duration of this this show but yeah, uh, we're, we're way off the rails anyway anyway bring me back I'll stop talking. Um, just, no, it's just, uh, I just, like I'm saying, if you don't like Ramondre, that's fine. You haven't liked I Ramondre. Do, though. Talked about I do, though. I do. No, I'm talking about as the player, as the fantasy player. You've never yeah. been high. You, you don't like him at his value. That's fine. Right. That's I don't fine. like the position. This is a I bad was, conversation for me. I was arguing, yeah, I was arguing the position towards what you're going to be able to do this offseason. Like, you're, if you want to improve your running back room, you are going to have to make trades to improve your yes. running back room because you're not going to I, do it for the draft or waivers. That's I all I that. was arguing for in that sense. You have I to agree. be fluid. We all have to be fluid with the way we do sure. stuff, right? Because, you know, I'm not I'm not big on running back or quarterback or tight end. I will have 13 wide receiver ones and twos on my team, and I feel like I can compete every year because they have this ceiling week to week, right? Um, We're very similar that way, yes. But, but you, uh, I mean – Let's just move on to the next guy, Ty Chandler, right? And Minnesota. So we're back to Minnesota. Yeah. We're talking about your guys' favorite teams today. And for some reason, Sully is being an asshole. Now he can't say anything good about Ty Chandler. Yeah, fuck Ty Chandler. Piece of shit. Piece of shit. Um, um, no. Chandler's, he's cheap. That's why I put him on this list. He's not going to be the primary guy in Minnesota for whatever reason. But look, we watched a shit ton of running backs get hurt last year, and we're going to watch a shit ton of running backs get hurt this year. So this is how I try to build up my running back room. I try to do it with guys that I think are next man up depth, right? Hopefully I have a viable starting guy that a Ramondre Stevenson type that I can start on, on day one, week one. But I want to target guys that, you know, Kyron Williams. I liked Kyron Williams last year. Why? Because he was one step away. And that's 
I got super lucky, but he was one step away. I like the one step away guys because of their value. And I think Ty Chandler gives you that value. We saw what he could do. He might be a little elevated in value now because of what we saw him do in the latter part of the season. But that's the kind of guy I want. I don't want to go spending How you a dollar for a oh, – I don't think he's going to cost much of anything. Yeah. No, I'll, no really. I'll, so fucking, you, what... I'll fucking trade for him, Bryce, but I'm not going to pay a ton <laughs> okay, for him. I just wanted to hear you say you trade for him. Jesus Christ, so I got to go. Basically what, basically, what he was saying in the last part was – I'll be back when we start talking about wide receivers, you dicks. He says, I I never trade for running backs unless I like them. (laughs) (laughs) I like Ty Chandler too, but you can't. I can't. I'm just not paying. I'm not paying market value for running backs. I should. You're not paying any sense for Ty Chandler, right? No. Okay. I have traded for running backs in the past. I apologize. I will trade for them. I just won't pay market value for them. Okay. That's that. I'll pay above. I'll pay above market for a quarterback or a wide receiver or in sometimes a freaking tight end from Atlanta, but I will you, never overpay for a running back. Will you will you overpay in season to win it all though? Like would no. you have overpaid for Christian McCaffrey in a to to win the ship? Yeah, maybe, but 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 that right. but what yeah, right. it, yeah, I don't you just honestly, gotta be put in a unique situation. Yeah, but as a contender, you don't have the assets to do that, right? Because it would have to gut half of your team and whatever picks you had left. So I don't think McCaffrey's a good example. Uh, what's his name? Did it in the Grand Prix? I don't know how I got him for that cheap, but it is what it is. But no, well, every league has its differences, right? Like all Bricks leagues are good and minor shit. So that's, that's um, not what I was saying. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. I was just saying that my you play in most of my leagues. You or you play in another. I do have. And I'm freaking rebuilding it almost all get, of them too. Uh, you don't get a ton of deals in these leagues because it's everybody. Yeah, well, it's true. I mean, everybody watches. But in all honesty, everybody... and not to pat ourselves on the back, but because of a guys like us, people are better at fantasy football than they were even three years ago, right? Dude. Like the draft stuff is way better from across the industry. The people like us that have nothing better to do are way better at this than they have before. And the average fantasy person, like nobody rolls into their their draft anymore with a with the latest magazine and drafts a quarterback one oh one. I'm in a league that everybody I'm, I'm seems to know. That does that. I actually so was funny. I was in one last year too. But <laughs> all I'm saying is most is fantasy managed law knowledge has dramatically increased and it makes it harder to win these things. Yeah. It makes and, guys I mean, like you just, overpay for running backs. As 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 it goes on, you're you're right. Mm-hmm. I have leagues where I'm not even going to get into it. We go down another rabbit hole. We've already been down enough rabbit holes. For me, Ty Chandler, oh, like, I agree. Here. If it's if it's a third-round pick on yeah. on Chandler, then sure. I can get on board with it. I just uh, – I guess my question would be if – where do you think Stevenson's ceiling is? Like, in terms of uh, can he be a running back one, a top 12 running back? And fantasy. I don't think so. Um, and then where could. is Ty Chandler's ceiling? Because I think Ramondre has top 12 ability with the pass catching and the efficiency as a runner in a good offense to be a top 12 running back. Ty Chandler, I would say, probably has a ceiling of like a back and running back two, which is still good and still valuable, especially if you get him for a third rounder. But when I'm looking at what I'm going to give up, that's what I'm really gauging on, right? If I think that guy has the ceiling then I'm going to be willing to go more to the, the first round picks. Um, and if I think they're, you know, their best years are probably going to be as a back end running back two to running back three, then I'm probably not going to give more than a third round pick. And then 
you know, somewhere in the middle of those second rounders. So um, I think that's the big key when we're talking about the running backs is looking at their ceiling. Obviously, we never know if they're really going to hit that ceiling or not. But we know, we know, we've already seen that uh, that that Stevenson is capable of doing it and capable of doing it for an entire season. We've seen I think that. you saw Chandler's ceiling in the latter part of last season, and, and I think you saw Stevenson's ceiling two years ago. So, and the, see, I, I I don't necessarily agree with that because what we see, and this is from re- research of the 400 touches, and obviously Stevenson didn't get to the 400 touches, but when guys get to the NFL and then they have a bunch of touches like he did in 2022. We see down years for these running backs a lot in that next season. Just like we see like Christian McCaffrey, 400 touches, two down years. And then the last two years, I mean, he's basically scored a touchdown in every single game that he's played in the past two years. So we do see that dip a lot after these guys get a workload that they didn't see in college that you can only see in the NFL because it's the NFL and you play more games and everything. We do see a dip from these guys in efficiency a lot that following season. That's where I think a lot of guys also learn how to take care of their body and say, yeah. okay, this is, <laughs> this, this is more, these car crashes are more than what they were when I was in college and I'm yeah. going to have yeah. to take care of my body better. And now whether they're a guy that does that or doesn't is an entirely different thing that we'll yeah. never know. So I just wanted to bring up that point with the, with the, the ceiling of these guys and what we've already seen with those. But I, I, you know, Ty Chandler, I spent last year at this time, I went on my waiver wire in every league that I had, and I threw everything I had in in my for my entire 2023 budget at Ty Chandler because I thought yep. the same thing you thought, Sully. He was one away. Then they brought in Acres, and that delayed it a little bit. Um, and then then he obviously got a shot later in the season. So I'm on board with you. Uh, but it, the next guy is somebody that you were on, Sully, before anybody else on our team at Roto Heat than than I thought, and that is Julio McLaughlin. And after you pointed him out to me last offseason, I fell in love, didn't get any shares. I'm going to try to pick some up. I think that Javante has the name recognition, but more injuries. McLaughlin was efficient as a runner. Um, What was it? 5.6 yards per carry as a runner. He showed that at 5.4 yards, he's also dynamic in the passing game. He, He had 31 receptions for 410 yards. This is a guy that on uh oh wait no I looked at the wrong thing there don't don't that's not the right on yardage, um, for re- receiving I looked at the wrong thing he had, 160 yards receiving so on exactly 31 107 touches he had 600 and 570 yards um so I think he can be more dynamic in the the past game he had two touchdowns in the past game. And we're going to see a big Sean Payton. If McLaughlin can take the next step, this is like a, I mean, he's really like a, an Alvin Kamara, right? Like he can run the ball. He's efficient running the ball. He's dynamic as a pass catcher out of the backfield. And they're probably not going to have, well, I mean, we can't say they're not going to, but they're probably not going to have Russ Wilson at quarterback next year. Um, Probably not. So, I think everything there's a lot of people that think he could be out of the league, which would be nuts. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so <coughs> excuse me. I think that Jaleel McLaughlin has some, some really high upside in a Sean Payton offense. If they figure, if they get that quarterback figured out, get that offense figured out um, and be able to catch a lot of passes and, and 
be an efficient runner um, to score a lot of points there. And it may be the the death of the fantasy value for Javonta Williams that everybody had been hoping um, before. Mm-hmm. I think that McLaughlin could do that. So, um, Sully, we'll save you for last since this was a guy that sure. you were on first and you can kind of tell us what you were thinking before last year. But what do you think about McLaughlin, Bryce? Yeah, this is the one I'm going to probably disagree with. Um, I just don't – you don't historically see running backs this size be fantasy – they'll have like a season or two of good fantasy production, may, you know, maybe. Uh, but they're just never consistent, right? He's only 5'8", about 185 pounds. He's really small, so he has to be efficient as a pass catcher, which is definitely possible in a Sean Payton offense, right? Alvin Kamara's can do – the thing is I think Alvin Kamara can do both – very efficient at a higher workload where I don't see Jaleel McLaughlin doing that. I think he's a really good change of pace back. Um, I just don't ever see myself feeling comfortable plugging him into my lineup on a, on a consistent basis, even as like a last ditch flex option. So with that, like at his price, you know, I don't know what it'd be. I assume like a third round pick, maybe, you know, probably in the third round, I would rather just throw a dart and see if I hit on a guy like, but like a, Stevenson that went probably like in third rounds in his rookie drafts um, guys like Zamir white who were going in the third rounds and stuff like that. I would rather throw a dart at a player, especially if it's a running back position, a guy that's bigger that I think could handle a bigger workload. Um, but I get, I mean, I get the, the Jim, Jalil McLaughlin does have value because there have been running backs that have been that size that have had good seasons. Danny Woodhead had a productive season. Uh, Darren Sproles had productive seasons and stuff like that. It's just, that's, those are, there's very, very few guys. I mean, you probably count on one hand how many guys that size have had uh, productive seasons. And then even only on a couple fingers, maybe had multiple productive seasons. So I think I'd just rather throw the dart at that point, but I understand the opposite way of thinking at, at you know, with guys like that, like Jim, Jaleel McLaughlin. I get just one, one point to that would be, I mean, we've seen it in, in Denver just recently with like somebody like Philip Lindsay. Um, and I'm not yeah. saying, I want to be clear. I'm not saying that, um, that he is as good or he's going to be as high end of a fantasy producer as Kamara, but he can be that type of player in this offense. Even if he, you know, Kamara getting 18, 22 carries plus 10 targets a game, right. Um, 30 opportunity. I'm not saying McLaughlin's going to get 30 opportunities a game. Right, what I'm saying is that he less. can, he can just be efficient in both parts of the game, which we know is a big part to Sean Payton's offense that he runs is the running back being a multifaceted back. You don't see very many Sean Payton running backs that just run or that right. just catch all of them have kind of a mixture of the ability to, to catch and, and, and run the ball. So yeah, I just wanted right. to clear that up. Cause I didn't mean to say like this guy's Alvin mm-hmm. Kamara, which if we remember Alvin Kamara was a third or what was he taking? Third, third round, or third round. Um, so he wasn't even a highly touted guy at the, at the start, but um, I just think that, there's a, there's just a, he doesn't, he doesn't just go out there for pass. He, do. he doesn't just go out there for passing situations is your point. Yeah. And then as we talked last week, the, the league's just getting smaller. So I think that, yeah. you know, the, the, the actual height um, is going to be less impactful. I mean, think Tariq mm-hmm. Cohen, if Tariq Cohen wouldn't have uh, mm-hmm. tore his stuff twice, um, he was, he was wrecking the league and he was kind of the first one that kind of became that smaller feature back right because Sproles was never really the the feature back he would get 
10 carries and just be bouncing all over the place. But Cohen was starting to become that, that like premier guy in the backfield for Chicago. And then the injuries happened and everything. And I think that kind of started this thing, right? We had the, the smaller guys coming into the league thereafter. The whole league's getting smaller though. Um, so I'm, I'm not as worried, but I also don't think he's going to be a 25 touch running back per game anyway. Um, so Zully, what did you see before the rest of us um, when it came to Jaleel McLaughlin? Well, first and foremost, I, I came across him reading some stuff. It was Matt Waldman that was pretty high on him. So I thought, okay, I'll take a look at this guy. Um, Matt's been doing this a long time, and I got a ton of respect for the content that he puts out. So I took a look at him, and I'm like, holy crap, this guy's – I struggle with college evaluation because I never know how good the team is or the team they're playing. But this guy ran for over 8,000 yards in college. He scored over 80 touchdowns. Um, and you could just see that he could play the game. And I, I think what it really comes down to to me is I don't want him to be a 20, 25 touch guy because I don't think he'll be as productive and as efficient. It's kind of Tony Pollard-ish from one year to the next, right? I want him to be change of pace, move the sticks. Uh, he's versatile and he's good. And I think Bryce is right. And I think you're right. I think that um, he probably has a short shelf life. I think the Philip Lindsay comparison is pretty good. Like Philip Lindsay went rookie over a thousand yards, pro bowler doing radio in Denver in a very short period of time, right? Like it just, these careers for these guys are quick. And I, I think that McLaughlin is a guy you can get cheap. You could probably get him even cheaper than Chandler. Um, you probably give somebody two late thirds or something and throw them on your roster. And I honestly think more weeks than not with the way how volatile that position is, if he can stay healthy, he probably is a flex for you on a week to week basis, catches four or five passes, 60 yards might score. I think he's an incredibly good value to add. Um, if I was a guy who traded for a running back, I might trade for him. Yeah. 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 I'm on board with you there. So this last guy, uh, I, I was very high on going into last year. Didn't, didn't really work out in his rookie season. And I don't know where the temperature is on Kendra Miller right now, but I feel like he has got to be one of my biggest buys of the off season right now. He's one of the guys that I really want to add in there. We didn't see a whole lot during his rookie season. Cause he was injured. Um, also has, has Alvin Kamara, in that backfield that we just talked about, but I think he showed he can catch the ball. I think he had 11 targets, caught 10 of them. Um, was not like super efficient on the ground, but again, getting his legs back under him, those injuries kind of lingered from the end of his college season all the way through uh, three quarters of this season, really. Um, didn't get much of an off season to work. So uh, it's it's uh, basically a rookie season for Kendra Miller in 2024 for, you know, looking at everything that happened during his first year. So Sully is Kendra Miller, a running back that you liked coming out. And how do you feel in, and do you feel any differently a year later um, after his rookie season went the way that it went? I think he was my three or my four last year coming out. I really like him. I still do. I think the part that I don't like is that, the last week of the season when he finally got a workload, he produced and he played well. I would have rather he didn't have that game so I could get him even cheaper than I think I can get him now. The good news for me personally as a fantasy manager is I have a ton of shares because I drafted him almost everywhere I could. Um, really liked him at TCU. Thought he was a, a quality pass catching and running and uh, rushing ability kind of player. 
Um, just guy who runs with good balance. So I think that you can you can acquire him much more cost effectively than you could a year ago. I think he is another one of those guys that's right there is about to take a step in that backfield. Kamara's 29 years old. Williams, I don't think, comes back. Maybe he does. And if he does, he's behind Miller to me. New Orleans could very easily draft somebody because they don't have a whole lot of cap. But like we've talked about, this draft class isn't exactly knocking anybody's socks off. So I think Kendra Miller is a really solid target. Um, I struggle with what I'd pay for him. I think I, I think I drafted him in the majority of my drafts last year, early second, late first. Um, so he'd probably be in that late second conversation. Just you would think that there's a, a perceived suppression based on lack of production in his rookie season. What do you pay for him? I don't know. I mean, if I can get him for a late second, I'm shipping him out all day. For sure. Yeah, so I agree. Would, too. Um, would, you pay, too. would you pay early? Like I drafted him at 204 in a lot of places last year. Would you pay that? I, I would say that I'd be close, right? Because I think that he would be the first running back in this class and could very yep. potentially, depending on how all these wide receivers that we talked about earlier pan out, um, being a late, being a guy that I would trade a late first or early second for. Um, but I think that you are probably going to be able to get him for a mid to late second. He's probably lost a half round of value. And we'll talk about this later, but it's, it's people, people title these early first, late first, mid seconds, whatever. And they kind of try to keep the value the same every year. And it's just not right. A mid, a mid second this year is entirely different than a mid second. in like, let's say, um, which, which class was, was kind of bad, uh, outside of the quarterbacks, 2020, I think, uh, turns out last year wasn't so shit hot either. We always thought it was right. So, right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I, I would be in that mid, I would definitely, I'd throw every mid to, to late second I had at him. Um, I'm going to have to get deeper into these wide receivers to see who pushes that. Yeah. Cause right now my breaks at nine and then I have a tier break, like, uh, uh, th- those top nine guys in super flex, right. I'm talking super flex cause I'm paying a, probably a mid late to late first in a, in a one QB league for Kendra Miller. Um, yeah, I think you'd have to. So, cause like I said, five, six, take out five, six quarterbacks. And then, uh, wherever that falls is where he's going to be. So, uh, what are you thinking Bryce on Kendra Miller? Um, I, I like Kendra Miller too, for that price, uh, late second, it'd be an easy, uh, easy buy for me. I feel like we could, I, I, I feel like that I could feel the same way about Kendra Miller next year, this time that I feel about Zamir white right now. Right. Like it, once he, he inevitably gets the chance to be the starting running back, uh, which I like, I think could be this time next year. Um, I, I really like him. So he could be, I think he's a good buy now, but I think he could be a good buy throughout the entire season. Like, uh, especially if he doesn't get like a huge role in the offense, because Alvin Kamara is great, right? I mean, like if that guy stays healthy and, and, and they do maybe address the quarterback and that division's weak. So they still could be competing for the division next year. Um, they're going to utilize him because he is the best running back on the team. Right. So, um, if Kendra Miller's role is very complimentary and not not super involved, like he's only getting maybe like 10-ish touches a, a, a game and, and, you know, seven of those are rushes and only maybe like three are, are, are receptions or targets, um, his value is still going to be pretty per- perceived pretty low to the, the fantasy public. So he's a guy that you get thrown in on trades and, and things like that. So I think he's going to be a good buy for this whole year, just like Zamir White was I, last year. I, I mean, you're if you are confident that Kamara is going to be there, I'm not. They are minus 
two million in cap space. Well, like they have to. There's a lot of talk that the guy who's going is Taysom Hill. That makes me like Kendra Miller yeah, and think, him, think, and Kamara yeah. a hell of a lot more, right? Kick him yeah. out of the red zone equation. And I like all those guys more. But I mean, it, more than Taysom's going to have to go for them to yeah. get under the. I was kind of looking. It looks like arrows don't are see Kamara going, but what do I know? It, it looks like Kamara probably is going to stay from what I was kind of reading a little bit like earlier last week. Um, cause I was looking at Ken, Kendra Miller. Um, and so, but if, if, you know, if that pointed, it started pointing the other way. Yeah. Kendra Miller is a really good buy right now. And then I feel the same way I do about Zemir white right now. If Kamara wasn't there. And that's, that's, and that's my thing it. is you have to, you, that's why I like getting him now because yeah, mm-hmm. one, they, we don't know. Sense. Um, and then, Everybody's going to anticipate that if they're preparing for it. So his value is just going to inherently go up with people, you know, probably assuming Kamara's not going to be there in 2025. So right. I don't think you're going to get the same value on him this year because he's going to get more action next year, no matter what. Right. Because he only had 40 some touches, I think this year total. I'll tell you right. Um, I got it right in front of me. Hang on. As long as he's on the field. Then he's going to be more His productive. His value's going to uh, go up. So, yeah, he get forty-one carries and uh, so fifty-one touches. I think. I think he had ten receptions. About eleven, 11 passes. Yeah, um, so fifty-three touches. So, but but again, we're looking at the New Orleans Saints, who literally are thirty million worse in cap space than the next closest team, the Buffalo Bills, and they are the oldest team in the NFL at twenty-seven point four four. Average. Goodbye, Taysom Hill. Um, they should just move on from Derek Carr while they're at it. Just they just will next year. They can't this year. It doesn't yeah, make any I, sense. I think. Uh, I think Kamara and uh, Kamara and Michael Thomas are to Michael, Michael Thomas. Thomas be, all of them gone. could be gone. They Michael Thomas do, is definitely gone. He's they, talking they crap about their car. They need to do what the Bears Love did, Michael Thomas, last off season. Right? They need the gut. They need the gut. They need. They yeah. keep trying to fix something that is – it's like the, the team drafting in the middle of your fantasy draft year after year after year. They put Band-Aids on bullet holes. With, yes. you know, maybe they'll be able to do it this year with the draft class being deeper, but mm-hmm. uh, but the Saints have to do something, and and I would not be surprised if – I don't even know. Man, they're gonna be, gonna, I mean, Olave's uh, going to be getting need paid here in a couple of years. Like, this is – yeah, they're going to set themselves up bad if they don't – well, the, the big, and just, yeah, and the biggest problem is, is they've been kicking the can down the road for years, right? And eventually it comes to a point, like the cap in the NFL is a bit of a myth, but eventually when you keep redoing guys and kicking the cap hit down the road, eventually it comes home to hit you. So yeah, they need to bottom out a couple of seasons here. But honestly, at value, the four running backs we've talked about, I want Kendra Miller over all of them. Uh, Based on be, what I think I'm going to pay, I want him over all of them. He'd be my yeah. second. He would be he would be my second to Ramondre. Uh for sure. I understand but, that. But there is an out in Alvin Kamara's contract. I, I don't I'm not gonna act like I know all the contract stuff. I always go to spot track and then I look if it says potential <laughs> out. Me. If it says potential out, then I know that player is definitely a cut casualty uh possibility for whatever team it is, not just Alvin Kamara. But whenever they have whenever it says that the team has a potential out. Uh, it's probably going to be, in a lot of cases, it's going to be used, um, especially at positions like running back. 
Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. let's move on. Let's get to wide receiver. The the first guy on this list, somebody I added, Juwan Jennings, um, 49ers. We've seen him have some clutch catches in the, the playoffs, but that's not why I put him on here. For one, this is a guy you might be able to get for fourth rounders. You might just be able to get added on to the end of a trade like we talked about earlier for nothing. Um, but if Brandon Ayuk really wants out of San Francisco, Juwan Jennings is probably the next guy up. Um, they could definitely look to draft somebody. But the thing is, and this is really my whole thing, we don't have to talk about Juwan Jennings long, but if they like him as much as we heard during the playoffs and Ayuk is gone, then that could be good. If they get somebody else or if I, doesn't leave and he's no different next year and you traded a fourth rounder for him, you don't give a shit. Who cares? There's just a lot of upside for what you could get out of a fourth round pick. And in, in, in my opinion, that's the only reason why I have him on this list, just because there is a path to him being basically the number one receiver because Debo's the hybrid player. Right. Um, and, and that 49ers offense next year, we know they're not afraid to not go with the highly touted guys um, because their quarterback's Mr. Irrelevant. Um, that's the only reason why I have Jennings on here. Very, very cheap, big upside in a very good offense um, if it all plays out right. But nonetheless, you, you trade for him. You're not going to cry if he never scores another fantasy point. This just didn't cost you very much. So, Bryce, I see you making some faces there. What are you thinking? Mm -hmm. Um, when it comes to Juwan Jennings. Yeah, I mean, I like Juwan Jennings arguably could have been the Super Bowl MVP if they would have won. I mean, he was the most he impressive been. guy. He was the most impressive guy on the field, dude. Threw a touchdown, caught a touchdown, came in, clutch a every single throw. moment. You would have thought you would have if you didn't watch a single 49ers game that entire season and just watch that Super Bowl, you would have thought Juwan Jennings was their best receiver. Um you would have thought so, Chris Conley was their second best. Yeah, I mean uh, I just he was making if, more tackles than catches, yeah. though. Yeah, nice catch. He did have a nice catch, but it was, most of his was the the punt when he stopped the what that was him right at the goal line that that yeah, stopped the so. punt from going into the end zone, and then he had that huge tackle. Um, and then the he's a close line just, tackle, right? <laughs> yeah, he, like it would rip that kid's head off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. just he was doing it in every facet, but uh, revenge game, baby. Yes, I agree with Juwan Jennings. He looked like the focal of their offense. Keep going, Bryce. Yeah, I mean, for a fourth round pick, I mean that's just a. Uh, he's a he's a more like if I had to throw a dart and I'm aiming that's that's one I'd I'd rather not throw it at the at the draft where you're just hoping to hit this one I, I have more confidence in that could stick so um yeah I like Juwan Jennings and if Brandon I you you know uh can't or finds himself on a different team next year which that, that that's a weird offseason story that's kind of developing um Juwan Jennings could find himself in a, in a solid situation where the other the other two threats and George Kittle and Debo Samuel are two super inconsistent and two injury prone guys. Juwan Jennings could find himself with a lot of targets in 2024 for sure. I like him a lot. So like, I like, I like the player. I don't think that ever happens, but to Rick's point, if I'm going to spend a fourth, I'll, I'll buy lottery tickets too. Right. Like I'll, right. I'll give that a shot. Like I like Ronnie Bell who's in their organization. I think he's got a future there. I also think that if Ayuk goes out the door, somebody else comes in, it's probably going to be a little bit bigger piece of the offense. But that doesn't really matter for what we're talking about right now. If I'm paying a fourth-round pick for Juwan Jennings, I can tell you that the vast majority of my fourth-round picks never see my fantasy roster. So I will happily – I'll give you two 
I'll give you three fourths for Jawan Jennings. I don't care because he has at least the ability to get on the football field and we've seen him produce. So I a hundred percent agree with this. Yeah. And, and at the very least, uh, You've also got the opportunities of if that wide receiver ahead of him gets hurt, you could get some spot starts yes. out of him. Cause you're going to start Juwan Jennings in this offense is going to be a starter. If the number one receiver is hurt and he's acting as the, you know, uh, I guess whatever you want to call him, the wide receiver one or the wide receiver two, depending on how you classify Debo and want to throw him in there. Um, but he's probably going to be uh, in contention to lead the team in targets that week. If, if that number one receiver, is out the IUK or whoever replaces him. Yep. And for a fourth yeah, rounder, I'll take it all day. Um, 100%. The next guy is going to cost more, um, mm-hmm. but maybe not as much as he should. And that is Deontay Johnson, Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, man, this guy's career has been up and down and left and right and, oh, and everything, wow. right? There's been issues with drops at one point in his career. Um, there was the, the QB issue at one point of the career, but it seemed like they were always all right. Even if Roethlisberger wasn't good throwing anywhere else, seemed like they were all right. And then he's had to deal with the Trubisky picket, uh, Rudolph situation over the past two years. And it just hasn't been the same, but Steelers are rumored to really be looking to try to fix that quarterback position. This offseason, right now, they only have Kenny Pickett on the roster. Their best quarterback from last year is a free agent at this time, but could very well end up back there and and beat out Kenny Pickett. So who knows what's going to happen at quarterback for the Steelers. But Sully, what do you think about Deontay Johnson? I can't remember which one of you guys put him on our list for this week. I did, Um, yeah. but, But what are you thinking about Deontay Johnson and how much are you willing to pay for him? I think it's a player that we would all agree is a good player, but I also think that there's a whole lot of things that go into this season that make him a value add. You have his worst season in terms of targets of his career last season, and he missed some time. Um, you have struggling quarterback play. You have Arthur Smith, now the offensive coordinator, this perceived hater of everything good in football from in terms of offensive production. Um, people forget that A.J. Brown was not too bad when – Arthur Smith was his offensive coordinator, right? So I think that, am I going deep down the well here? No, Um, but he's a guy, again, that I obviously love wide receivers and I would pay more for, but he's an, like, I'll take almost any one of these rookie second round picks and take Deontay Johnson over him. So um, anything second round value, I'm happy to give you here. I think he has an incredibly solid bounce back season back in the range of his 130 40 targets um and he gives you that 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 solid wide receiver two production i think his ceiling maybe is a wide receiver one but probably not in that offense but again i'll take the proven asset in my mind over the unproven asset of a rookie pick so i i'd give you any second form personally I'm probably jumping in there with you. Uh, I like Deontay Johnson. I think he is a. I think his best asset is his route running. He's super twitchy, um, and those are those are that's the most important uh, asset for a wide receiver is is route running. Obviously, second is catching the ball, and that's probably his biggest concern. Uh, but you know, it's been a concern. Yet nonetheless, he still gets a lot of targets. Uh, I think he's very <laughs> talented. I think he's the better wide receiver on that roster. I just don't think he's the best athlete. I think George Pickens is a better athlete, but. Um, but Deontay Johnson's going to work in the short game in the middle of the field more than more than George Pickens. So, uh, whatever 
quarterback they do uh, roll with next year. I just hope it's not Kenny Pickett. I mean, I think Ryan Tannehill is a legitimate option there. Again, that's ties with Arthur Smith. Um, they they're in they're going to be in the Justin Fields sweepstakes. I think they're actually favored right now to be there, which I don't really look at Vegas. that, but yeah, Vegas does that, favor them right now. Yeah, Vegas favors them. Uh, they could be a team that also drafts a quarterback. It wouldn't surprise me if they 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 went out and got a guy in the draft as well. So uh, Russell Wilson could be a landing spot there as well. There's I, I just don't really see. I could see them definitely addressing. I don't. I, I think Kenny the Kenny Pickett train has got to be over at this point. I think we know what he is. Um, so why not? Why not move on from that and 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 do something better? And I think anything besides him is better for Deontay Johnson and and George Pickens, but more so Deontay Johnson. I'm with you, Sully. Real Not quick, you, I know we second. talk about really quick. I know we talk about Deontay Johnson and drops in the three seasons. If you take out his rookie season and last season, he was targeted. What was it? Four hundred and sixty times in three years. Guy's going to drop a couple of balls. Yeah. Four hundred sixty targets in well, three yeah, seasons. But I'll take a, it. He was always there was yeah. a there was a there was a, a stretch there where it was really 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 bad, and it he, wasn't. He I got benched a little thing. bit. I, he led the league in one of those years in drops. But, Can't lead the league in drops if nobody throws you the football. Is kind of my true. Yeah, but I'm, you get targets. But I'm, what I said, yeah. I'm saying it was bad though. There's a difference between just dropping passes because you get a bunch of targets and then literally having brick hands. And he had right. he was he was there, benched. Brick hands. He was. Yes. He was benched, and he had a couple of horrific drops. I remember specifically there was a game in Cincinnati where I was like, oh, my God, like he couldn't catch a cold. But, yeah, yeah I it's, get it. it's not the same as Jerry Rice leading the league because he gets targeted 160 times and he drops some passes. Jerry Rice, right? Jerry Rice was pretty good. Right, right. That's what I'm saying, but he led the league a few times. Terrell Owens led the league a few times in drops, right? Right. Deontay's issues for a stretch, not his old career, but for a stretch were far beyond the, the average – yeah. Drop issues is what I was saying. Shit, I thought Jamar Chase couldn't catch a ball without a white stripe on it. Shows what I so, know. So, second round picks, I'm definitely on board uh, with Deontay Johnson. Um, I, I would consider late first, but I think those guys, I think a lot of these wide receivers are going to have more upside than Deontay Johnson. And I think the quarterback position is going to play into this a lot. I think if Deontay gets a high-end quarterback – the sky's the limit. He could be targeted 170 times yeah, and, and be a PPR monster. Um, so I'm on board with Deontay. The next guy, Christian Kirk, Jacksonville. We don't know what's going to happen. Calvin Ridley's free agent. Um, uh, you know, unpopular opinion. I think Trevor Lawrence has been quite uh, underwhelming as the generational talent that everybody wanted to make him out to be. And that I even I thought I he was. I don't know if a fact can be an unpopular opinion. Seems like a fact. <laughs> People still go to bat for Trevor Lawrence like he's still that same guy. Like, I don't, uh, you know, I, it's tough. But anyways. He was pretty disappointing this year, for sure. Christian Kirk, what are you willing to give up for him, Bryce? Um, I, I really don't see his value being much more than Deontay Johnson, probably just a hair more. Um, but I think his upside is is, is higher. Um if he's the number one receiver going into next year for Jacksonville, which looks like a legitimate, very legitimate possibility. Um, I know T Higgins was obviously rumored to be wanting to go there because of he and Trevor Lawrence in college, but looks like T Higgins could be getting franchise tagged. Um, and that seemed like one of the only legitimate guys to that could potentially be going into Jacksonville and take over as the number one. Um, I, I, so now I think it's Christian Kirk's job to lose at this point. They could bring in a nice complimentary piece like a Marquise Brown or, or maybe another lower tier wide receiver to, to help out Trevor Lawrence. 
Um, but I think Christian Kirk's going to be a target monster uh, this upcoming season. I think he's going to be kind of back. You know, I think you can buy him much cheaper than he could have that similar production he had two years ago when he was that number one. Uh, and you could buy him much cheaper because of this kind of this down year he had based on the offense being struggling. He got hurt and things like that. I feel like people are kind of forgetting about him a little bit. And I think he's going to he's going to uh, get back into the the fold of, oh, shoot, this is a guy we should have been acquiring. He's a guy I feel confident starting as a wide receiver, too, in my fantasy lineup uh, every week. Uh, early second to, to late first, I can't blame you for, for wanting Christian Kirk. I think he's a guy you start every week and feel comfortable with it. So you disagree? No, I, I do and I don't, right? Like, if there was ever a Jag on the Jags, he's the Jag. Like, uh, he's just a he's guy, guy to me. And, and he's a good good route runner and he gets open in the middle of the field, but I'm, I'm with you guys on Trevor Lawrence. Like, man, I'm really concerned about what that guy can really do. Like, can he carry more than one weapon in the offense? Because when you, when you see his production, especially last season, Trevor Lawrence seemed to find a different guy each week. That was, was his guy. It was Zay Jones for a couple of weeks. And then it was Christian Kirk for about 10 minutes. And then it was Evan Ingram. And then once they realized that Calvin Ridley could run a pass in the middle of the field, they would throw him there as well. I just don't see him sustaining multiple guys in that offense. And Travis Etienne seemed to take a bigger role in that offense too. So I like Christian Kirk. I think he's solid. I just He's not a first-round value for me, but I'll give you that mid to whatever second for him. Probably he's got the pedigree. In here. Probably could have. You probably could have, but God, I don't know if Zay could stay healthy. I love Zay Jones, by the way. But he's I just don't think Trevor Lawrence is – anything close to what we all envisioned he would be. And I don't even know if he can carry multiple weapons in an offense. So I like Kirk, but I'm cautiously optimistic. I'll say. I think there's zero chance that Jacksonville goes into the 2024 season with Christian Kirk as their number one wide receiver. I, I would agree with that. There's who, who no think, way. Who do you think they could get? There's trades. There's free agents. The free agent class isn't too bad. And most of them or not most of them but there's guys that are better than Christian Kirk, but there's no way Jacksonville can go back to their offense two years ago where Christian Kirk was the number one. Um, the, I think you could draft a guy, but I don't know if they're going to get a wide receiver better in the, I just don't think they're able to compete with the price. I think you're way higher on Kirk. Um, I'm looking at, we talked free agents. I'm pulling up my sheet from before. Go ahead. Cause Mike I, Evans, I mean, I T Higgins, think... Pittman, Ridley, Marquise Brown makes sense. Gabe Davis. Curtis Samuel. I don't Tyler think, Boyd. I don't think Marquise Brown or Gabe Davis are better than Christian Kirk. I think they're about the same. But I don't they're think different. they're better. They're different. But either way, they had Jacksonville has to do stuff with their wide receiver. I, I think don't. Kelly I don't disagree with that. Back there, but, but they could. Uh, but they could, they I just. Could. I think you're higher on Christian Kirk, which is fine if you're higher on Christian Kirk. Right. Um, but I know. I think they I like need to bring in a better guy, but I just don't know if they're going to be able to. I think they could draft a guy and develop him into being one. There's going to be trades, just... draft. There's, there's, they can get somebody better than Christian Kirk. I mean, there's a lot of options out there better. The best option is just to re-sign Calvin Ridley. In all reality, that Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, yeah, Brandon Ayuk really wants out. There's, there's, there's a lot of ways that Christian Kirk. Could Brandon Ayuk could be a 165 target guy in that offense, and I'd be yeah, signing up for that all yeah, day. He, yeah, Kirk, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's. He, Kirk, I mean, Kirk Christian would not Kirk's be a buy for me. Best. Then Kirk would not be a buy for me if that was the case. I'm that's just, right. I'm We're just talking present that. day, so that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking that yeah. he could go in. There's a good chance he goes in this this season as the number one option. I don't think it's a good idea, but I think there's a good chance of it. That. Uh, that would be very bad for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It would be bad for them. Yes, I agree. Um, they're going to try. Uh, but mid-second, 
it's a late second. I'm I'm fine with. I don't think Christian Kirk is a long term answer at wide receiver, no matter what. Um, so I'm not going to be close to that uh, first round value. Uh, I think Deontay Johnson is is uh, quite a bit better uh, as a wide receiver than than Kirk. But um, but yeah. So the next guy, and this team is the hardest for me to figure out the wide receivers. But the Green Bay Packers, Dontavian Wicks, you had him on there. I yeah. think we could literally put any Packers <laughs> wide receiver on here. The problem for me, and this is the only reason why I like me debating these guys and putting them on here. I don't know if I'm ever going to feel comfortable starting any of these Green Bay receivers on a week-to-week basis because any of them can be the wide receiver for that game that scores points. They had, what, every month of the season, they had a different receiver lead the team in receiving yards. Every month of the season, it changed. Wicks, who is on this list this 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 time, was one of them. He led for a month. Reed led uh, for a month. Uh uh, Dobbs for a month, and uh, who was the other one that led the team in uh, for a month? I I, I don't know. They have so many fucking Watson options. for Watson for five minutes, maybe. Yeah, I mean, they just it's 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 crazy. And then you've got guys like Smory Tory, who's shown out in Bo Melton, and guys that they just have too many options. And the only reason why I'm hesitant to hesitant to buy any of them, even though I like the talent of a lot of them is because I like a talent of a lot of them. And I don't know who I'm going to want to put in a lineup week to week. So that's my only thing against them. I had a Packer on this list. I would have said the same thing about Bo Melton, who I like talent wise, but again, who's going to get targeted week to week. I don't think love cares. I think he's going to target whoever he's going to go with the hot hand every week. And, and that makes it real tough to put one of these guys in there. Now, Three years from now, all these guys are going to either have already had their contract come up or are going to need re-upped on their contract. So any of these guys could be a huge pickup, and especially two, three years down the road. So I still like buying all of them. I just don't know who to put in a lineup. So uh, Bryce, what do you think about Wicks? You buying him? Is he one of your favorite receivers for Packers or... Um, are you on some other guys? Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of on the same thing as you. It's like, I don't know which one I would want out of all of them. I mean, raw talent, you know, Christian Kirk or Jaden Reed seem like they'd be the best option as a polished, more of like a, like a traditional wide receiver. It seems like Romeo Dobbs could be the, would be the best option for me. So I I don't know. The only player that I want for the Packers, you know, when it comes to that is Jordan Love (laughs) at that point, because he's got all the weapons and all the options. Um, so I'm not really too invested in, in looking at whichever Packer receiver to acquire. I would say that Wicks is probably the cheapest one. Uh, and then Bill Melton that you mentioned. So you could probably ship some really late round picks and then just hope that, 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 uh, that lottery ticket, it hits. Um, cause and it might it, not cash till 2025, but if it, right. Hits, and it doesn't matter. Right. right. Cause Reed's expensive way more that Reed, Reed and Dobbs are probably more expensive. Reed's got to be the most expensive. I'd imagine at this point, Watson, then maybe Dobbs and Watson, Watson. and Reed's. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, people are down on Watson. I'm I'm down. I'm on out. Him. I think he's. I, I'm I'm Reed to me is is the best out of those. Reed's my favorite Dobbs. out of the group. Yeah. Agree. I get Dobbs and Watson. I like both. I, I still like Watson's raw talent, but Dobbs just seems like he's like a more of a staple in that offense. Like he's always somewhat involved. Like you you don't really get duds out of him as much. He's he's gonna have his you know like a better floor. I think out of most of these guys. So, um, but I would say for for value wise. 
Wix has the um, lowest risk and, and potentially the highest reward for sure. Is that why you like put them on here, Sully? Yeah, I kind of want them all, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I want Reed and I want Wix and I want uh, Melton. I The one I don't want is Watson. I, I, I'm 100%. I've, I was never as high as most were on him in the first place, but soft tissue injury guys, those are the injury-prone guys I worry about. I don't worry about guys that tear their ACL or break a leg, but a guy that pulls his hamstring four times a season and can't seem to stay on the field, I don't want anything to do with them. You combine the fact that Jordan Love took an, ama- an amazing step in the middle of the season, which you don't see a lot, and all these guys sort of came along for the ride with him. And to Rick's point, it was a different guy every week. But this is where you add a guy cheap or add a couple of guys cheap, you throw them on the end of your bench. As much as we all want our rosters to be full of running back and wide receiver ones and twos, the teams that win usually have the depth, right? Because we see guys get injured all the time. And if you have a guy like Wicks that you can flex when you're in and you're up against it, like we do the Sunday start sits and we get some questions and we're like, holy crap, that's brutal. But if if Wicks was in those questions where it was brutal, he's probably going to be the choice for, for the majority of us. So, you know, he had six six or more targets in three of his last four starts. There seemed to be a bit of chemistry building with his quarterback. If I remember correctly, he had a pretty good playoff season as well, um, especially against Dallas. I think he had a good game, but I, I just like him. I think he's talented. He, he runs routes out of the slot, runs routes on the perimeter. He's a bigger guy. He's good. I think he's cheap. So, those are the type of guys that I like to go after. So, you know, third round pick for him. I don't mind doing that if it's back end ish third, fourth for sure. Easy. I'll, I'll throw thirds and fourths at him and yeah. Melton all day long. You're going to have to pay more than that for Reed or, or Watson at for this sure. point, or and probably yeah. Dobbs as well. Um, yep. Dobbs is kind of probably the only one that I would be selling out of all of them. Um, it's because hard to figure out because Watson, well, just Watson right now, while I agree with you, I probably don't want anything to do with, but you can't really trade him right now. If he nope. starts off the year and scores a touchdown, two, three touchdowns in the first couple of weeks, you're going to be able to get better, a better value for him. So I think he's a hold for that reason. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Let's go to tight end a little bit. We'll be quicker on these, uh, uh, tight ends, but we, we go to Las Vegas and we have a guy, Michael Mayer. He was my number one tight end of the class last year. Not my number one out of that class anymore. Obviously Sam Laporta has, has vaulted. Um, Kincaid had a good year. We had some other guys that have a good year. I still think Michael Mayer is a guy that can be a, a, a really good, probably top, you know, top eight to 12 tight end in the league. Not all tight ends do really well the rookie year. Let's just be clear. Even though we saw two most do pretty well this year, most do not. Um, so I'm on board with Michael Mayer at tight end as a, as a buy, because I, I love getting these tight ends that the, their second year. I've always been a guy that would go out and target tight ends their second season because people are down on them and they lose value and, um, and I just think there's a lot of upside with him. I, I'm glad they finally moved on. We saw him actually tick up a little bit after Antonio Pierce took over last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're another team that's looking to improve their quarterback situation, um, potentially, or stick with Aiden O'Connell, which means that they will have some cohesiveness there, um, already. I like Michael Mayer. The question is, what are we paying for him? I paid some late first last year. I think I'm going to be more in the early to mid second range at best on a, on a Michael Mayer, probably 
mid to late second is is where you're gonna have to be and super flex again and super flex mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, i've everything that i've been talking about today has been in the mind of super flex um obviously take out the five six quarterbacks or whatever ends up being there and then they can you know move those guys up that that way but is that what you're feeling sully i think bryce you put him on this list right or did Sully? No, I just, nope. I did Sully, but he, um, he would have definitely been on it for me. He would have been number one he, for sure. He's yeah. So we're all on the same page here, but what, what are you willing to pick? So he was my second tight end off the board last year. I had Kincaid higher. I sure didn't have Laporta anywhere on my radar. Like he, the season he had, but um, he's just a, I think he's just going to be a very solid stick mover, touchdown catching guy in the future. Um, to your point, the vast majority have been very, there's been years where we've been spoiled. We had the, what was it? The 2014 wide receiver class, the 2018 uh, running back class. And I think the 2023 tight end class are, are going to be drafts. We look back on that spoiled us. Most tight ends don't do much, if anything, for not only their first year, but their second year. But I, I just think Mayer has the talent. I do think they do something at quarterback. I think, if Luke gets, he's good at anything. It's running the football and targeting the tight end. So I think that's an uptick for the, for the Raiders. We all have to remember that the first half of the season, for as long as McDaniels was there, everybody hated their life. Nobody wanted to go to the field. Nobody wanted to play. Everybody hated him. And I don't know why Mayer wouldn't be any different, right? So they got that out of the building and the team seemed to, to take a next step. And Mayer had some pretty decent games in the midst of the season. He had two or three games where when targeted, he showed he produced. So I think, you know, you look at the tight end position, people want Sam Laporta, people want Trey, Troy McBride, people want Kincaid. I think Mayer is the perfect, to your point earlier, Rick, guy to add to a trade that you might be able to kind of skim underneath the radar and, and go after a higher guy, throw in Mayer and chuck a first in with your guy and, and we'll see what happens. But I think 2025 is when we see him really take off and I'll buy him now before He's he could be Trey McBride this time next year, and I want to buy him now versus then. That's all. Yeah, um, you know, you guys had mentioned the league's getting smaller; it's changing, and and it, you could say that about rookies, right? A lot nowadays they're coming in the league and making a splash right away. Michael Mayer might be more of that traditional type of player where it takes three years, two two three years to really get going, like it always has, right? Um, yeah, and, and you know, every <clears throat> I think everyone got excited when. When he went to the Raiders, because I had him as my number one, too, along, alongside you, Rick, because, I mean, he was getting compared to Gronk, right? And then Josh McDaniels is the one that drafted him. So it's like, oh, man, he's going to be used just like Gronk was. And 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 I just think he 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 was his play was not benefited from the, the, the play of the quarterback. You know, they had Vontae Adams there, Jacoby Myers. Um, and once Mayer did get started going, he looked pretty dang good. It just seemed like they'd involve him early in the game and then forget about him, which was strange, uh, like later in the season. But I think I think he'll get things going. He can block, which is helpful, too, because it's way easier to disguise him on the line of scrimmage. I, I think he's going to be an all-around really good tight end. And he's he's a guy that right now you can pay a mid to late. I think a mid to late second is easily going to get him for most people that do have him that maybe are lower on him after that year one production. You know, once you see what Sam Laporta did, you're like, man, I got, I just drafted the wrong guy. And, and, and Michael Mayer, right. um, you, you, you know, people are going to be down on him and he's got the potential to be a top 10. I think he's got the talent and, and potential to be a top five tight end. If you watched how he was utilized in Notre Dame, um, he, he could do it all. He was getting short passes, long passes. He can, he, he can do everything. Super all-around good, talented tight end. He's a guy I've been already targeting before this show. 
uh, even even started. So I really like Michael Mayer. He's probably my favorite guy on the, all the guys we've talked about today. Real quickly, just to, to, to throw that, uh, you know, a little bit. Uh, Michael Mayer in college was was huge, and and sometimes you're going to you're going to be wrong. The Sam Laporta, you can't. You just got to keep the process right, right? And, yeah. and and make sure that your process is good when you're selecting these guys because we don't know. The NFL doesn't know, right? If, if people knew Sam Laporta was going to be that good, he would have been a top 10 pick. Just that's what you want out of a tight end. And we've seen Kyle Pitts go top 10. We've seen, um, you know, many guys go top 10. Hawkinson was 10th, right? I think when he was drafted was the 10th pick right around there or something. Uh, yep. But, you know, if, if they knew – then he would have been a, a, a bigger pick. Um, uh, and and Michael Mayer can still be really, really good, even though the rookie year didn't go the way. And I think that's why I like buying him this year, because a lot of people forget that. Like, tight ends don't just come in. Also, when I say top eight, I do want to – the tight end position is getting extended, right? Um, I think that we're going to see those averages that, that Sully has talked about a lot of becoming a – uh, tight end one, those are going to keep rising. The tight end yep. is just being utilized more and more. More teams are starting to run multi tight end sets um, and targeting the tight end a lot more. So I think we're going to continue to see that change. So a top eight guy now was probably a top five guy seven years ago. Um, top four guy, maybe. So we, we always just had the top end guys, right? We didn't have a lot. Like it was top end tight ends. And then it was woof drop and then everybody was shit <laughs> and it was just yeah they catch a touchdown pass and, and get there and i think now we're seeing more athletes playing the tight end position and that's just going to keep getting extended so i think people need to keep that in mind as well um but isaiah likely is the last one and when it comes to an athletic freak i've always been high on the athleticism for isaiah likely but he is um obviously in the same offense as mark andrews and I don't remember who put him on this list, but uh, Bryce, what are you thinking? I know you and I were always high on likely and Sully was a little bit, a little bit lower than that, but what what are you thinking on likely and why do you, uh, and are you buying him heading into the 2024 season? Uh, I can't really buy much of him because I already own a lot of Isaiah likely. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I do. I do like him a lot. And every single time, that Mark Andrews has gone down or missed some time, it seems like likely steps up. It kind of took him a little bit longer this year. Like the first, <clears throat> excuse me, the first couple of weeks that, that Mark Andrews went down, Isaiah likely was kind of like not really doing much. And then boom, he kind of exploded into the offense being way more involved. Um, I think this, this guy is just a, an athletic freak. He's different than Mark Andrews too. Like Mark Andrews is more of like a, I feel like a traditional tight end. That's really obviously really good at catching the ball where, Isaiah likely is more of like that um, Dalton Kincaid like where he can line up more of like a, as a receiver. He's he's an athlete more than like a he's not a, the best blocker uh, where he's lining up on the line of scrimmage as as much. Um, so uh, yeah, I really like Isaiah likely as as well. Um, I think he could still be cheap throughout the season just because Mark Andrews is still there. Um, he's he's one of these guys that I think you can get thrown in a trade, especially with with Mark Andrews still still healthy and and on the field. He's, he's probably not going to be utilized much in that offense. But once he gets the opportunity to, to be that team's number one, or, you know, he gets all the way through his rookie deal and ends up somewhere else as a team's best option at tight end, I think he's going to step up and be a big part of whatever offense uh, as long as there's no freak athlete tight end number one above him like a Mark Andrews. 
Sully, you're the one that put him on this list, which is which is strange. You you Whoa, you are always like he is likely not the answer most of the season. So <laughs> I know, I know. He's, he's likely your guy today. <laughs> he likely might be the answer now. And I so I think one of the things that changed is number one, I get smarter every year. Number two, the offense changed, right? Like Todd Munkin brings some upside to a lot of positions in that offense that under Greg Roman and the predominant rushing that they had before, you didn't necessarily see. Why I like Isaiah Likely, and I don't think Mark Andrews is going anywhere, but I see this offense being able to function incredibly well in a two tight end set, especially to Bryce's point when one of them can run routes out of the slot and be more of a of a big wide receiver or a you know than a small tight end. Or not that he's small, but you know what I mean. Like I see him more as a wide receiver than a tight end, even though he's playing that position. And you look at the and it's just a number-to-number stat, and it doesn't mean anything because the oppositions are different. But if you look at the games that Mark Andrews played last year, and then you look at the games that Isaiah Likely played last year, Isaiah Likely was actually the more productive and better fantasy-producing tight end when you look at straight numbers, right? So I just think he's he's incredibly athletic. He's freaking huge. He, he, he just He's fun to watch. So I've come around on him. Um, I wasn't the hugest fan of his before, but... I'm in. I, I and I think he's a guy that because people be worried that Mark Andrews is still there, that is not going to cost you what it probably should to get him. That was going to be my point, right? Is that the the reason why he's such a great buy is because of Mark Andrews being there, and people thinking that because Mark Andrews is there, yeah, I mean, he's probably the cheapest, probably the cheapest player on this list, right? And. Probably. When we, least, yeah. yeah, he's he's really close. And when we look at, you know, the last four or five weeks, 19.3 fantasy points, 18 fantasy points, 8.6. Still a good tight end week. Let's just be clear on the 8.6. Historically, just outside of the top 12. Right. Yeah. 18.2 and 11.1. Those are his last five weeks. This, Let's remember, too, just real quick. That was a new offense. So Isaiah likely was a bit part of that offense. So it's going to take him some time once he gets that starting job yep. to acclimatize him to it. And that's what I think you saw there. Yep, yep. But I mean, he scored even, even with that, he scored eight or more seven games last season. He had four zeros because I don't remember. I, I don't remember if he just didn't play because Andrews was healthy. Most of the yeah, time when Andrews was utilized. healthy, it was there, but he has now showed two years in a row. He showed it as a rookie and just a small glimpse and then he showed it in his second year. We're going into his third year. I love the fact fourth round picks might get Isaiah likely because people know Mark Andrews is is there. You can probably get him thrown onto the end of a trade. Yep. I love Isaiah like I even though I like Mayor more as a prospect, I probably like buying Isaiah likely a lot better. Isaiah likely is probably one of the top 3 guys on this entire list because of the price to acquire and the upside that comes with him. Um, I'm completely on board with, with likely, uh, and I love, if you have Mark Andrews, even pairing them up, I don't do a whole lot of, uh, handcuffing guys, but if, if the handcuff costs a fourth rounder and you're not forcing value, then I'm, I'm a hundred percent fine with it. So I like that too. So that's it. Last week we talked about breakout running backs or breakout, just breakout candidates across the league for fantasy. You can watch that video right here. And then next week, we are going to talk about players you should be trading away. This week, we're talking about who you should be going to get. 
Next week, we'll be talking about who you should be getting rid of before their value drops. 